Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and The Sixth Doctor. You know, I was thinking to myself the other day, they really need to do something of Doctor Who to, like, shake up, you know, the, the, the norm and, you know, just inject something a little different in there. You know, maybe maybe break with canon, you know. I mean, the canon's too strict anyway. What do you think, Dave? Oh, Dan, the show's on. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Who knew we'd be back here this week? I mean, it's not like anything's going on in the show. <laughs> hi, Dave. I think I'll give you three points for that. Points are my thing, yeah. I see. It, it, it is an odd thing looking back last week, and we kind of went a little long. Uh, Darth showed up, and we hadn't seen him for a while, so we we uh, we got talking. And, but in the back of my mind, it's like, I really want to go see the show. I want to watch Doctor you know. And we just kept talking. And even after the show, we talked for a little bit too. And it just seemed odd that, that you know, in the, in the time – that it took to actually watch that episode finally because then there was dinner and then you know yeah callum was knocking around you know i just kept getting delayed by it and then just to sit there and yeah but we'll get to that in the bones of the show right dave absolutely yeah Four see, that's a teaser that's how, you, that's how you do a teaser and just reel yeah. them in there see that's that's yeah. what happens when we have these these pre-show meetings Things go a lot better. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, there's one slight, there's one slight problem, Ian. What's that? Until you, until I saw your name, Ian, I didn't know you. I've got no memory of uh, me being Ian. Have you got any memory of me and Dave? I just put it down to the wine. <laughs> I can't remember whether you're in my future or in my past. <laughs> I'm in your wine cellar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go all righty well let's get on with the uh the business part of the podcast so we can get to the interesting bit not that the rest of the show isn't gonna be interesting but you, you know what's coming and what we're gonna talk about so yeah all right um yes let's see who's in the room uh actually there's nobody else on audio except dave and myself we are hoping that uh darth might uh, grace us with his presence uh, but he's currently being chased across time by a rogue time lord. Um, but more about that later. All right, so uh, there's nothing else to do but to uh, do this. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, I forgot. That purple. I just can't see that purple. <laughs> Dr. Gonzo is with us on audio. I forgot. And was Dave, was letting me, you see, Dave, was, Dave was letting me do it, too. <laughs> Dave was letting me do it. 
Welcome, Dr. Gonzo. Thank you for joining us, and sorry I ignored you. It's okay. I was I was lurking anyway. I'm I'm uh, I'm doing things while I'm listening. But, I have, uh, uh, it's good to hear you guys. I, I didn't point him out, Ian, because I noticed he was knitting, and I thought if he's knitting, he might get blown up. True, that does happen to witty knitters. Witty little knitters. I know a witty little knitter. <laughs> From a show and from yeah anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, <laughs> well, well, I'll just help to you think out. I was, think, you, you just to think I was depressed half an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so next up is to 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 lower the cone so uh, um, we can introduce our next guest. Control new agent training program section three point five the cone of silence to activate simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? 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 Yes, it's going to be one of those shows. Ah, yes, that's the cone of silence. And under the cone, the king of the cone, it's none other than Cybob. And everybody who's a, a regular listener will know that it's now an official show. Because Cybob is under the cone. We uh, we keep him under there because it uh, helps to keep him fresh, frankly. Anyway. <laughs> I wonder what you were spraying earlier. Yeah. Smoking. Smoking. <laughs> So, yeah, right. uh, I mean, one of the things that I was going to agree with you when you said, uh, you know, it's uh, going to go downhill from here. It's uh, yeah. because, well, like you say, it's easy to go downhill. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, there's only one more person to introduce until, of course, Darth gets here and ruins this statement. Uh, it's the typing monkeys, that means. All right. Well, shall we wait for him then? Seems to know. Uh, he likes see, to preempt monkeys. Ah, uh, that's, that's all he... I know. He's preempting the monkey. Darth is arising, arriving. He is having trouble materializing. So while he is attempting to materialize, uh, we will um, do this. Go, Tiffy monkey! Go. Go. Okay, well, I'll take the first. I'll take the first hit here. All right since I'm really eager on this one. Um, it recently came to my attention, um, and many of you out there will probably have heard of uh, uh, Shout Factory, uh, Shout Factory TV, which is online. Uh, but Shout, uh, well, I went for like, um, you always see their logo on the old TV shows that would get uh, released on DVD, usually at Walmart or whatever like that. Um, but now they've, they've, they've really kind of, growing and uh they've now got shout factory tv which is the home for like all of the mst3k episodes uh, they have uh cinematic titanic and um riff tracks on there which are, of course the uh two groups that split off from mst3k they've got things like thunderbirds they've got terra hawks which is the thing that got me to go there in the first place um and a whole bunch of other stuff um, so check them out. Uh, I know you can access their site from the UK. I'm not sure uh, about streaming. There may be ways and means around um, letting them know that you're actually really watching from the US. Um, uh, apparently, there might be places to, to, to do that. Um, 
but uh, I digress. So yeah, it's great to actually kind of watch some of these shows again. That have, you know, um, the problem is, is a lot of this content, you know, it gets released on VHS and then it gets re-released on DVD for people like Shout, and um, and then it's just going to vanish off into the middle of nowhere. But now we've got these online streaming services where it's it's possible to go back and watch these shows. They've also got Space 1999, Thunderbirds. I think they've got Joe 90, and like I think they got the whole mass of uh, Jerry Anderson. So any Jerry Anderson fans be yeah worth it to uh, check that out. And I put the link the shoutfactorytv.com in the uh, the show chat. And also, I think some of the contacts available through uh, Tubi, Tubi TV, T-U-B-I-T-V.com. Uh, so you can also check that out. Other things to mention in news. Um, oh, Dave wanted me to mention how Picard's going. Um, it's going well. It really is. Um, uh, as Dr. Gonzo and I were saying, uh, before the show, uh, it's one of the shows where we really can't tell you how it's going because it's going well. And if we tell you how it's going, you're going we're gonna spoil it. Uh, but it really is. It's a great show. There's lots of nods back to the past, enough for the the hardcore fans. Um, I think even enough for people who have watched Star Trek maybe once or twice that wouldn't necessarily call themselves fans. There's enough things in there that make you feel like you're in the right universe that uh you know that this is this is a place that you're familiar with um so yeah it's really going well um this episode was a bit of a talky episode if that if that's giving you something of nothing <laughs> so yes picard is going well uh next on my agenda is uh this weekend i managed to borrow my son's vr gear and have been playing uh, the uh, new uh, VR Doctor Who adventure game, and it is fantastic. I'm really, really enjoying it. There is, um, I mean, I'm not big on VR games yet. I mean, I've played a couple. I'm still very, very new to the technology, so I'm not really going to speak on that. Um, but there are great things you get to uh, have basically carry around the Dr. Sonic screwdriver. When you're not using it, it kind of resorts back to your belt, as it were. Um, but you can, you know, use that to unlock doors. And it's not just a quick press of the button. You've got to, sometimes you've got to do things. And there's some puzzle solving stuff. If you're into puzzle games, it's good for that. Um, and just for a Doctor Who fan, there's nothing better than stepping into the TARDIS. Uh, I think within the first maybe 20 minutes, I'm not sure I haven't finished the game yet. I'm not sure exactly how long it is and depends on how good you are at these kind of things, but you can dilly dally. It may repeat stuff in the background, but you can just kind of stick in your areas and you're not forced onto the next thing. So you get to walk around a TARDIS console and play with all the dials and and stuff and then later on they actually they do view a little you have to kind of it's like simon you know you have to follow the pattern so it's turn this dial then this dial then this dial and then that dial. but you get to do the actions you know it's not like a hit a button it's you get to twist the knob or slide the thing over or you know grab and pull the lever down 
it it is really from a fan point of view it's like that's that's great i think they could i mean i don't know how much they could sell but i know how popular in second life it was to have all the consoles just think if somebody could do all the consoles and you could map out your you know a room um you know even if you you know rent a storage space so you've got free roaming but just to be able to kind of hang out in your favorite console room would make me kind of a bit teary-eyed if i could just kind of sit in in the the, the 80s kind of five doctors onwards console um that to me was was it the bomb um so yeah um, this vr um, stuff is really good and the game is interesting there's a lot of attention to detail one little easter egg i will give you is in the second room you go into if you look down on the bench there's actually somebody's assembling a model of a tardis and there's little sugar packets or sweetener packets and if you look down if you like put your face down close the name on it is hello sweetie <laughs> and i'm like that's great and if you look at some of the bulletin boards there's one that's a, there's a meeting uh at an upcoming date and it's just a cold hill school it's just like you know that's nice some details in there of you know just little things nobody's drawing your attention to it. it's just there you know so if you got a vr hookup um i highly recommend it there's also a uh vr video out there as well which is free I think all you need on your VR goggles is the YouTube VR app. And you go to the Doctor Who channel, and um, I think it's called The Runaway. Um, and essentially, you just stand in one spot. But the episode takes place around you. And if you've kind of followed the Doctor around, there are times where she will come up to you. It's animated, too. And the animation style is quite cute. I like it. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's really good use of it too especially for kids because you can put them there and they can stand in the TARDIS and uh yeah um my son my, my youngest really likes the whole VR stuff so as soon as I'm done with the Doctor Who game he can play <laughs> okay I think I'll... Right. Yeah, yeah. yes I think I'll stop talking now and let Dave uh, well, a few things there. First of all, um, I'm assuming if it's for younger players as well, there's a safety factor of them walking into walls or falling over furniture. So if they can stand in one place and just basically turn on the spot, that's much better. Right. Um, the other thing uh, too about the, the VR the VR goggles, especially the one that my son's got the the Oculus. Yeah. Um, it's one of the Oculus ones, but you actually draw a wall around the area you're going to play. And so if you walk out of that, the gameplay ends and you can see everything. Like you can see your surroundings. It's kind of like walking out of the simulation, as it were. So you can actually, though even a regular game like the Doctor Who one is actually really quite safe because there's no way they can walk, keep walking through the game because once they go outside of where the goggles know the, the play area is, there's no more game. So. It sounds like a yeah. certain holiday destination place on a, a planet where it shouldn't be. 
Yeah, um, so that's that was one point. Also, I should mention that Kyle probably hit the floor when you mentioned about uh, the the sugar, the name of the sugar. Uh, oh yeah. Listeners back. Um, Carlos, yep. Of course, he's a, a very big fan of uh, a certain mm. lady who uses that uh thing um uh we've we haven't gone to um uh dr gonzo because he has dropped off we'll we'll let hmm. darth jump in with his audio if he, he wishes to but we'll um we'll um, give him a moment to settle there and just introduce him hello so ah excellent thank you, oh, there you go. good to have you here Yay! by the way i should uh say very briefly since we mentioned picard that in the time since last week, I have indeed had time to catch up on Picard. And I would like to say for the record, since I did a little bit of a Stuart kind of bashing, not really, but, you know, <laughs> detailed criticism of Stuart's, you know. Yeah, med mediocrity, is said. Of the yeah, I mean, certainly in the 80s. Uh, but this is, this is full on Stuart at the height of his powers. This is great. <laughs> great <laughs> actor uh, by a consummate professional and you know I recommend it on that but I also recommend it on the basis of what's really interesting to me and this gives nothing really away uh, but what's great about the second episode in particular is that it proves that they really are trying to have a very diverse cast and some people whom you might recognize if you're a fan of American character actors um, circulate back into this thing uh, in a way that really makes the cast just gloriously diverse in terms of age and yeah. you get to see lots and lots of different acting styles on display so kudos to them for that this is not you know with all due respect i'm gonna get killed for this i'm sure too but this is not you know jonathan frakes walking <laughs> awkwardly around uh, you know a bridge that clearly was made in the 80s this is this is real meaty work for people um yeah so quite quite nice and, but it's also real <laughs> meaty work for like young people too it's just well written and and there's just lots of great things for people to play lovely lovely little twists and turns and nooks and crannies for your mind to go into um i i'm impressed I, in the same way that i'm very impressed with this season of doctor who that we're about to talk about again <sighs> in in having lots of little things going on what is this season building to we don't know and it's the same sort of thing in season two i mean it's right. in, by episode two of season one of picard mm. um what i'll just say i haven't seen it so it's not, it can't be a spoiler but um when mm. he appeared um on the, the graham norton show um uh, mm. patrick stewart he did say he was absolutely impressed with the set because he says something like they, they basically built a whole frigging spaceship in the studio um and they're not in they're not disparate sets he basically yeah. said you can walk from one part to another to another it's um it, it's you know the layout it, it makes it then makes it helps them not for him because i mean he's so used to doing right. that i would think but but it but it um yeah it, it's it's done very well like that i mean right. i think that I was remarkable Oh. The, the interesting thing is uh the last time i heard of them doing that was uh firefly firefly right. they built that ship and they right. built it in such a way that they could uh like 
pull it apart so they could film you know down through the middle of it but the they built the entire ship in the in the studio right which was a because, phenomenal thing because then then everybody knows their way around you're not like walking out this door and then you're supposed to pretend that you're coming in you know on a different deck or anything it's like you know well, well one of the great scenes from the first of the new star trek films that when they came back um mm. you had uh, spock and um uh, a horror was it in a in in a lift and presumably while they're in this lift they were rotating it round so they walked mm. in on one from one set and then they walked out in straight into another in in what appeared to be a continuous shot um yeah. so you know the and then obviously the, the the cameras that they use now can get more compact i mean i don't know whether yeah. it's picard uh, a 4k production but i mean obviously it's probably not yeah, shown I'm, I'm sure it is yeah but i mean with these little um um scarlet cameras now i think the the new one there's the red but i think the newest one's called scarlet it uh, it films at, at least six um k resolution maybe eight and obviously they chop down to make it with um wider aspect than 16.9 so they've got a little bit of headroom there so um right but the cameras themselves are physically more common right? so they can have these these people with these sort of counterbalanced uh nets get a little bit of sound from you there darth as though you're rearranging your um your tardis <laughs> there or something rearranging your tardis nice save <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, um, let's just get, let's move fairly quickly through the other news. Uh, a couple of items I wanted to mention. One thing, of course, is the the the, the date that we have today. Uh, uh, a very famous palindrome. It's uh, uh, 02022020. It was the 2nd of February 2020. Over 900 years since we had that. And I think Mike... Put it, let me read what Mike put somewhere. Um, well, while you're sure. finding that, this is this is a cause for celebration for me because right. normally I rail against these dang things because normally it's like two two twenty two. It's just like no, you're abbreviating <laughs> the date to make it into something that it's not. You know, it's right. like oh, it's this this this. It's like no, if you abbreviate it, it's not actually real. It's just you writing numbers. Now we've actually got one, according to you know what we all can agree on at o two o two two o two o you know, for so you y'all can have this one. I'm not going <laughs> to protest. All the other ones, I'll be back. Yeah, and, and it works of course equally well in the UK as America because it doesn't matter whether that's the second of February or February the second. Uh, they're both yeah. o twos, um, and. Um, what Mike puts um, the last palindrome day was uh, 909 years ago, and this is the fir first one this century. And the next one, so you'll be relieved, Ian. The next one mm -hmm. won't be till the 12th of the 12th, 2121. So if you've got is another there link, is, is there a link to that? Um, I don't know, but that he's quote, I think he quoted a link. I'll have to in find that. Because I want to have that on hand next time somebody pulls one of these, and they'll be like, "Nope." They're like, "Yes, it is." I'm like, "Nope." Here, <laughs> not real. <laughs> yeah, uh, but of course, this today's quite uh, got quite a lot of things happening for it, going for it. I mean, it's uh, yes. called the podcasting day for start, so there's. Oh yeah, that's that's yeah. number one. 
Apologize. Let's see if you got the number one. Let's see if you got the number one. Yeah. The yeah, the other one is um, it's Groundhog Day today. What's that? Groundhog Day today. What's, What's that? that? It's Groundhog Day today. What's that? Gosh, fun sensation. <laughs> Definitely a deja vu there somewhere. <laughs> yep. Um, it it was um, Australian men's final tennis, but I don't suppose many people other than myself here are interested in that. And of course. Um, it's um, something else. BAFTA Movie Awards, uh, on which are on at 9 p.m. in a, about an hour and a half in the UK. <clears throat> They're probably on some sort of time delay, so they probably started mm. those at seven o'clock. Uh, and um, uh, there was something else, indeed. I'm sure there was. Um, um, can't think ooh, of any. Doctor other Who's one. on. Oh, Doctor Who's on, of course, indeed. Um, mm, but I've yeah, got yeah. another uh, things. First of all, uh, Ken, by the way, sent his apologies. Um, he did mm -hmm. put uh, a little bit of a, a review of um, this episode that we're going to talk about later, the um, fugitive of uh, from the of the Jadoon. And um, by mm -hmm. the way, that that article that's on our Cult Collective page. That's anybody who wants to join us on Facebook. Just ask to be um, allowed on. Uh, yeah, we're very we're very uh, Picky, you know, very picky. Um, and um, but, uh, just, 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 a, just a, an interruption there, Dave. Um, yeah. Just so you know that if you do join, we will ask you a question. Just a friendly, just quick, just, a, just so we know you're a real person, etc. It's nothing, it's nothing strenuous. You may be asked to have a, a, a if Perry does the question, it might get really sciencey, but we, we tried not to let him answer them anymore. Uh, yeah, a bit of a clue. If it's seen, it'll probably be the 12, the 12, 21, 21. Yeah, the um, that uh, 70, 70 uh, com comments in the uh, in the section on that particular one. So, um, apologies ahead of time, but I'm not going to read all those out. But uh, no. and we've had, by the way, um. That's really, yeah, I'll mention it now. Uh, we've got a, an ongoing poll of um, Doctor Who series best episode far by uh, so far, and um, in third place is not an episode. It's called "Still Waiting for a Good One," although that might change after today. In second place was Skyfall Part One, and in first place with thirty-two votes is fugitive of the jadoon so that's um way out ahead at the moment but we have got some other news to mention um on the dot who news dot net site um i think this passing of nicholas parsons happened just a couple of days after our last episode uh, tuesday the um, 28th of january uh, now people might think well how's he associated with uh, dot who well that's why he's on dot who news dot net Yep, um, Nicholas Parson played the Reverend Rainwright in the 1989 Doctor Who serial, The Curse of Fenric. Uh, so that's going back, um, even I can work out that, a long time. Um, but of course, he's uh, very famous uh, in the UK, basically, for being around so long, as, as well as having um, some uh, beloved episodes more recently, of course, on the uh, the the radio um and he's uh, i think on the longest running uh, quiz show on the radio dave, dave, uh, dave sorry no, sorry, no, sorry. Rep repetition no. oh any hesitation 
Not from me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just a minute joke, folks. Just a minute yeah, joke. Yeah. Uh, hesitation, repetition, and... Uh, hesitation, repetition, or... Saying it, saying it again twice. <laughs> repa, repa, re, repetition. Repetition. So the one. Repetition. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's uh, unfortunately born in 19, uh, uh, 1923 and passed away this year. So uh, at age 96. So uh, although we always bemoan and upset about the passing of too early of many people who have been on Doctor Who, Doctor Who and alumni, um, you know, we've got uh, uh, some actors who are well into the 90s. And I, and I saw um, um, Big Finish had done a... Um, an interview with Tom Baker on YouTube um, recently um, celebrating his, his 86th birthday. But I'm afraid I couldn't watch it in because somebody had done what I call artifarty work on video. And they'd done all oh. sort of like, they'd done all sorts of scratches to look like it was a discovered footage interview. Mm -hmm. But it was all jumpy and jiggly. And after about five seconds, I was going dizzy. So I couldn't even, I, I ended up looking away from the TV and listening to it because um, right. it, it just made me uh, feel ill somewhat. Feel and, um, the other things on the Doctor Who News dot net, um, there's the uh, Nikola Tesla official ratings. Uh, got um, 5.2 million viewers, uh, 11th most watched program, 22.9 per share of the audience. Um, so um, that has gone up, and its appreciation index was 79. Um, the Jadoon ones, I suppose we ought to mention. Uh, later but that's all the news from there i just want to mention something that's not really news but something that i caught it's a film from about two years ago that they showed on the bbc last night uh, and um it's one that a story that perry will be very familiar with it's um oh that's repeated that i, I hate it when you copy and paste something then you copy and paste something else and it copies yeah. and pastes what you did before um there we go it was, the, it was during the day to bit. And um, this was called Hidden Figures. And it's the story of um, uh, NASA and their human computers, the uh, the ladies that, um, that, uh, that manned all the computational things and the, the three historic ladies that were... Uh, Kevin Costa's the, the main known star uh, for some people, but um, I'm not sure I'm going to mash up some of these names, but... Tajara P. Henderson, Octavia Spencer is well known, obviously, uh, Janelle Monet, uh, Kevin Costa, Kirsten Dungs, Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. And um, of course, they have to deal with, um, you know, using the coloured bathroom and um, uh, they put a special coffee cup out for they want to use things. But basically, by force of nature and being having the answers to hand, uh, the Kevin Costa character, at least, um, Real, I mean, he needed her for some figures, and she was gone for 40 minutes, and he was rebrating her for this, and uh, said, well, there isn't a toilet here, I have to go, you know, a kilometre across the whole NASA campus to yeah. my old toilets, and then back, and it ain't freaking good enough, <laughs> she says. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so he, he takes a sledgehammer to the uh, the sign outside the toilets. Uh, but anyway, um, some of it is really good. And the, the, the actors who play some of the astronauts. So this is dealing with them. It's after Sputnik's gone up and the space race has started. And they're trying to get John Glenn uh, into uh, space. Oh, this capsule ready for him. And um, they, they keep changing the calculations. She does all these calculations overnight, brings them and said, oh, the specifications have changed. So then she has to do it again. So she said, well, it'd be so much easier if I could sit in. Women aren't allowed in there. Never mind women of your colour. And uh, they, they have to battle with us all the way through. One of them wants to get a, a further degree because they change the rules that she wants to be an engineer. And uh, so it looks as though it's a trumped up change. So she has to get into college to get this extra diploma, even though she's got two degrees. And she has to go before a judge. She forces this thing, uh, uh, appearance in a, a courtroom, and only then gets allowed to do a night school course on this. And then also the, they have an IBM computer that comes. And one of the other, the, so each of the three ladies has a very uh, big impact on the, in fact, they wouldn't have gone into space without them, basically. And um, what was very nice at the end, it sounds as though you've seen it in, very nice at the end, yes. they bring up the uh, the visuals of the actual ladies themselves. Uh, one uh, lived to be 96, and one of the, um, the, uh, the buildings at NASA was named after her. Um, so um, it uh, really is, if you can find it, it's called Hidden Figures, came out in 2016. And if it's shown in one of the channels in your area, I highly recommend you to uh, catch that. Don't know whether anybody else in the room wants to make a comment on that. It's a fantastic movie. I, I love it. I had no idea. And I don't think a lot of people had any idea either until, you know, they saw this movie. And, and it's really good. You know, it is it's a phenomenal movie. And one of the things I think I think at the the time when she first has to go to the bathroom is just like where's she going where's she going and then you kind of oh you know you know see yeah in a way it's a little bit embarrassing to watch oh it's terrific it's tough to watch in some ways it is, I bet it is. The it's like, we really we really did that to people it's like oh we're still doing that to some people yeah um yeah one of the uh the nasa engineer was mary jackson um and um yeah so 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 very i mean i'm not saying i mean it's obviously dramatized and 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 they've compressed the story somewhat uh, and they've got some archive footage in between of some of the launches um but it's a, a, a very well worthwhile film uh so let me um just, um, I think that's actually all the news, other than just, as I say, just mention a little bit about the uh, the BAFTA nominations. And I know uh, Darth has um, some thoughts on, uh, apparently there's been a little bit of a, a, a thing about this. Uh, uh, there's only male directors being nominated in the, uh, the film uh, directing side. And, um, there's very few faces of colour in this list, but uh, I put the link in the room here, and I don't want to read it all out, but the best film choice is only five. Uh, 1917, obviously, that's First World War story. The Irishman, that's the Netflix one. Joker, which is the the uh, 
I believe that's got about 10 or 11 nominations. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. I think Parasite's the only one I'm not really familiar with. Then there's Outstanding British Film, uh, 1917, Bait, uh, For Summer, uh, Rocket Man, Sorry We Missed You, The Two Popes. Um, that's supposed to be a bit of a tour de force by the two main actors in that. Um, and then leading actresses, um, Jesse Buckley, Wild Rose, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. Uh, oh, Cerise Ronan, is it? Little Women, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, Renny Zalweger, Judy. Yeah, I think I did all right there. Uh, leading actor, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Once in a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver, Marriage Story, Taron Egerton, Rocketman. Now, uh, he's the bloke who did... Um, to the, do the recent uh, Robin Hood, he played in a rather strange version of Robin Hood a few yeah, years I back. So. Yeah, which I didn't particularly take to. But Jochen yeah. Felix, I didn't like to look at that either. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but he's the one who's uh, from Kingsman. Ah, that's right. It, yeah, it, I liked him in that. Yeah, Jochen Phoenix, yeah. Joe, uh, and Jonathan Price, uh, who played one of the two Polks. And then we've got all supporting actors and things. Um, uh, do you want to make a comment on that? We'll give Darth a moment if he if he wants to. I mean, um, sometimes they say this foreshadows what happened at the Oscars. So I don't know. No, not really. I, haven't. I mean, the only thing I've I've seen out of all of those is um, hidden <laughs> uh, figures. Well, one of the things that they were talking about, and I think it was this, is that um, the, somebody who was renamed Anonymous said, well, the reason why um, the uh, what appears to be a, a slightly limited choice of uh, nominated films was because apparently there's something like 400 and Darth may know more, more than, will know a lot more than this. Something like 420 DVDs or Blu-rays get sent out. And apparently if a judge is to, to look at all categories, and obviously some of them don't always do that, they tend to focus on what's their interest. But um, you know, it would take them six weeks of solid movie watching to watch all the nominated movies. So the the thought on this little item that I read, I haven't got the link to it at the moment, I'm sorry, was that um, basically most of them only probably watched 20% of the films and that was probably a good average at the most. Therefore, they were already pre-selecting through maybe not prejudices that they have, but perhaps prejudices they weren't aware of, but, you know, particular names would pop out maybe and then they picked those to listen to. Uh, I can hear Darth winding up there. Darth, are you okay? What's happening? You, your volume was hunting so you, all your background noise was rising up because, because you've been on audio but not speaking so your mic was hunting for not, not sound. So it was like an engine revving up. It's very odd. Is it still problematic? No, no, because now you're talking, it, you, your your feedback system knows that you're talking, so it doesn't hunt for sound. No, oh, okay. Um, any thoughts on BAFTA? I mean, 
now, of course, that the actual Oscar list is out, it's no longer a matter of did it predict things. So, I mean, we, we can say definitely that Greta Gerwig did not get nominated for uh, her direction of Little Women. Um, but she did get nominated for just about everything else having to do with Little Women, which is good because that was a phenomenal film. A lot of it had to do with the direction, but I, I think she's probably going to win on the, at least the Oscar side for the screenplay for Little Women, which is perhaps what she should win for because the screenplay is phenomenal. As an adaptation of a work that literally dates back to just around the time of the American Civil War, uh, it is a revelation of how to make an adaptation surprise you. It's crazy good. It's crazy good. Uh, and I would be very surprised if Cherise um, Ronan didn't win in her category for Little Women. Um, so that's that's kind of a good. I, I think I I think that Little Women has a chance of winning Best Picture. Right. So I, I think at the end of the day, once all the metal has been collected, that. Greta Gerwig will not be as unhappy as she is now. And she has every reason to sort of be unhappy on the directing end because she got snubbed before, you know, for her, what was that Tanya Harding story that she did? Oh, um, the skating one. Yeah. Yeah, which she really should have gotten then too. And they just snubbed her for that. They snubbed her for, um, there's another one too, Lady Bird. Maybe I'm thinking about Lady Bird, not the skating one. L- Lady Bird, she really should have gotten for that, too, and they just snubbed her for that. In the same way that they snubbed, uh, you know, Patty Jenkins, the director of Wonder Woman. Why the hell shouldn't that have gotten at least a nomination? Um, so th- I think that women directors do have a little bit of a, well, not a little bit. They have a legitimate complaint now about why are they not at least getting a nomination. The award, I mean, that's a crapshoot, as you say. You know, most of the people who are voting never really see most of these films, so they're going with their gut and whatever. If they didn't see Little Women because they were like, uh, oh, I know the story of Little Women. What is the point of wasting my time seeing it? Like, I can kind of understand that. But should women directors get more as a percentage of the directing nods that are happening? Yes. I mean, good Lord. Uh, think about in every category, all the women who have been directing for years have gotten nothing. I mean, at some point, Penny Marshall should have gotten a nomination. I, maybe she did, and I just don't remember it, but I don't think she did. She should have gotten one for uh, the baseball movie with Tom Hanks. Um, how was that? Um, you know, there's no crying in baseball. What's the name of that movie? A League of Their Own. Look at that. She really should have gotten, I think, you know, but that was back in the days where it was really hard for anybody to get uh, a nomination for directing a comedy. But comedy direction takes hard work in the same way that the woman, and I'm forgetting her name too, that directed Wayne's World should have gotten a nomination for that because of what she got out of the people and how she amplified that material which had previously existed and how she controlled actors who thought that they owned that property and how she made it into something that was better than what the sketches were on Saturday Night Live. I mean, that's that's a trick, man. That is a trick and a feat and something that should have been recognized at the time. There are tons of women. The, Patty Jenkins, I swear to God, if she does, I haven't even seen Wonder Woman 84, obviously, but my suspicion is 
that if she doesn't get nominated for that, I'm going to be very, very unhappy. Um, having said that, it's not like the people who have been nominated either on the BAFTA side. I think it's the same list of people, actually, uh, or close to the same list of people on the BAFTA or the Oscar side are slouches. I mean, I have, I, of course, Quentin Tarantino should be nominated for, of course. I mean, it's ridiculously good. It is a tour de force of directing once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, and, and 1917, good God. Just every aspect of 1917 is gorgeous, is sumptuous. If that doesn't walk away with half the things that it's nominated in, that would be a travesty, it seems to me. So there's a lot of really good stuff that has been nominated. And I, I don't, it, it is possible to at once be appreciative of the things that have been nominated, but at the same time say, let's open this up on every category to 10 films like we do uh -huh. the best picture now and let us truly consider people let's at least give you know a wider range of people the opportunity to say that they were you know academy award nominated BAFTA nominated whatever the opportunity to maybe get the prize you know this thing of you know picking the five it's really hard it's really hard yeah. and I, I don't envy the people who have to actually get the list down to what it is um but i i just i just really think it that more people should get more nods like a, a, every category should be bigger than what it is in order to make a lot of people feel included in the process if nothing else i mean make to make the audience feel more included that it, it actually has i think done great wonders to open up the Academy Award for Best Picture to 10 slots, because then you've got a chance of having gone to one of these damn things, right? Mm -hmm. And at least you've got a horse to back, and that at least, at least makes your Oscar Sunday night something that could be fun, because you can place bets on something you know about, and if it doesn't win, at least you can say, well, they got a shot, you know? Um, so whatever, I, I, I would like to see I would both like to see more women be included in the directing pool, but also I'm not mad about the list that's there. And I'm, I'm happy that I think there's now, uh, what's his name for Parasite, right? It, it, so at least there's like a North Korean, I mean, not North Korean, but a Korean director, which is interesting. That's not, I don't think that's ever happened. Um, so it's not like it's a, completely white male thing um but should it be more female sure obviously yeah and should yeah. it be greta gerwig in particular yeah i kind of think so i kind of think that she has done enough at this point to you know kind of get what i would call a sean connery oscar <laughs> where it's a competitive <laughs> oscar or a paul newman oscar you know it's competitive oscar but you're kind of winning for the body of your work at the same time and even though she's, you know, relatively young, what she's done is just phenomenal. And not only that, but like she's creating this great partnership in the same way that, you know, you might say, oh, who who's a great partner? There, there are certain, uh, oh, you know, Cary Grant and Hitchcock or or uh, not, not just Cary Grant, but uh, who's in God, Jimmy Stewart, Hitchcock, yeah. you know, where you, where you get these pairings of uh or um oh god director of casablanca and bogart right i mean that was a great pairing 
or Spielberg, Harrison Ford, Lucas, Harrison Ford, whatever. You get these pairings of actors and directors. And I think Greta Gerwig is establishing now this this uh, acting John, directing partnership John, she has with Sharice Ronan. John Ford and John Wayne? Is that John Ford and John Wayne is a good one too. Or John, even John Ford and uh, again, Jimmy Stewart. I mean, that's, that's yeah. or, or no, Henry Ford. John Ford Henry Ford was also a good one too. Or, or as is actually represented here in the, um, well, lead actor at least, Antonio Banderas and Almodovar, right? That is, oh my God. I am so happy for, as a huge Almodovar fan, I am so happy both on the, I mean, it's, it's a little weird on the BAFTA side because I think BAFTA puts it into the, what is it, best director of a non-English language film or something like that? Um, or best non-English language film, whatever it's called. Uh, that's where this Amadova film has gone. Yeah, Pain film not in English language, I think. There you go. Uh, so, Pain and Glory, you know, Amadovar and Banderas, that is a rock solid duo um, from mainly the past, mainly from the 80s or whatever, because Amadovar discovered more or less Banderas. And Banderas, you know, made all those great films with him in the 80s, you know, Atame, Time Me Up, Time Me Down, and oh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, I guess he was in. There's a third one in that trilogy, too. But th this is a great film, and I'm glad to see that on both sides of the ocean that, uh, you know, the English language cinema is recognizing this as grand, beautiful, post-Franco cinema, you know, just that makes me, that makes me really happy. And we don't think of Spain as being, I mean, I find, I guess they're sort of white, you know, they're white, I guess, but, but it still is a recognition of something that's not English language. It's still recognition of a, a, a great partnership in film that, ranks among the best of all time. Um, well, so I'm glad I've got, that it's I've got another one. Clint Eastwood and Sergio Leone. Leone, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great one too. Sure. Obviously. Um, but, you know, I think that I'm pretty happy with all of this. I'm pretty happy with the spread of things. I'm pretty happy that 1917 is getting a lot of attention. Um, I'm really happy that at least on the American side, I don't know if this is true of Baptist, but that marriage story is getting great uh, notice as well. I mean, come on. Adam Driver in this thing is just unbelievable. But Adam Driver, I mean, this is, if your only exposure to Adam Driver is Kylo Ren in Star Wars, that's fine. He does a great job in Star Wars. You know, and I'm sure that for a lot of people, their only exposure to, you know, Alec Guinness was Star Wars at the very end of his career, but there is something very similar between Alec Guinness and Adam Driver in that, you know, they're in Star Wars, they have a great deal of popular acclaim, but they also were in a lot of other really great films. And every year Adam Driver just comes in with some kind of film that just knocks it out of the park. Uh, in the same way, actually, so does, uh, who's the other guy uh, in Star Wars? Um, Oliver, no. Gosh, the place Poe. Oh, um, why have I lost his name? God, this is terrible. Um, but anyway, the guy that plays Poe in uh, Star Wars. Also, just a lot of phenomenal films in off Star Wars years this whole time since the beginning. Oscar, and before that, he, was it? Oscar. 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 Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Oscar. Isaac. Oscar Isaac 
I mean, just hey, teamwork, fabulous, fabulous <laughs> stuff going on with that. You know, and, and also, you know, if we're talking about the Star Wars alum, then really gratified to see all of the attention on both sides of the Atlantic for Knives Out because that unbelievable high, high, high quality shenanigans going on. Uh, I still have yet to see that. And oh, now I will have to it see is, it because it you said so that. It is so beautiful. There is not one thing in that that is wasted. There is not, it is not just comedy, but where it is comedy, it's unbelievable comedy. It is Daniel Craig, I think, at the height of his powers, just coming in there and killing it. Um, it's kind of like how, you know, you started to get a lot of really good Sean Connery after he left Bond, right? Right. Um, and it's kind of like that. It's like this guy has been on a chain, has gone through all the mess of the Sony, dicking him around mm -hmm. thing, all of that nonsense. FGM, yeah. Had, had to endure the, oh, your second movie wasn't as good. Well, of course, because they, there was a writer's strike. They had to do the best that they could with what they had. You know, had to go through all of that where it's like, you were great, but now we don't oh, know if you're as great. Oh, Solace, you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but honestly, if you've been watching his off, bond stuff this whole time you had to be impressed with it and then he comes up to this thing knives out and it is unbelievable it's unlike anything he's done i mean not completely unlike but very unlike uh what he's done before and just the the it's got john johnson it's don johnson versus James Bond versus Captain America. I mean, how can you not like this film as directed by the director of Star Wars? Um, yeah, so it's fabulous. Really, really fabulous. And it has a moral heart to it. It's, if you at all like Clue, and even if you don't, run mm -hmm. to see this film. There is a reason why it's getting nominated. It's going to win something, maybe Best Costume, but Little Women might be the more traditional choice there. But if you if you really want to talk about the craft of the costumer, you got to go with Knives Out, I think. But gorgeous stuff. So I'm not. A, this is this is a kind of a great list. I don't know about what are they doing with animated. Do they split animated on the BAFTA side now or not so much? Um, just checking. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, they have a British short animation. Uh, can't see cinematography uh, adapted. Animated film, Frozen 2, Claws, uh, Shaun the yeah. Sheep movie, Farmageddon, and Toy Story mm -hmm. 4. Yeah. See, this is the weird thing on the uh, Oscar side is that Frozen 2 is not nominated. Um, and that's a bit of a shame. They don't usually like sequels. To, they don't usually nominate sequels, do they? I mean, they nominate they Toy Story. Well, that's true. Yeah. They love Toy Story, which I don't. This is this runs against my taste, but not against my ability to appreciate again. Because on the Oscar side, yes, Toy Story four, but not Frozen two. And it, you know, to my taste, Frozen two is better than Frozen one, and it's you know, but I, I've never gotten Toy Story. I just don't understand it. So it's hard for me to appreciate it. Um, but that's about the only disappointment that I see in this whole thing is I would would not have minded 
seen um, on the Oscar side there being some kind of frozen two. But what are you going to do? Uh, it's a pretty it's a pretty strong list, and I'm glad that there were again some technical Star Wars nominations. I wouldn't mind seeing. It probably is not going to happen, to be honest with you. But would I love it if John Williams actually got it for Rise of Skywalker? I kind of would. As sort of a, we know that you have stayed faithful to this franchise forever and a day. So yes, we are going to give you this thing. And I don't think anybody would be super mad at that, really. But well, I doubt that. Has, has he already got a lifetime award? I mean, it, he doesn't need one. He's the most decorated. Right, composer in the history of the Academy Awards. He doesn't need a lifetime. He's got he's one competitor. Right, so. right, right. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But okay. Um, well, yeah. I'm I'm sorry you didn't have much to say about that, Darth. I mean, I like. I know. It. I tried. I tried to come up with something. <laughs> we love it. We love it, don't we? Ian? Yeah, I was cleaning yeah, windows and yelling serious. at dogs nice. and, and, and helping you guys out with trivia. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, that's um, really great. And I think we ought to uh, move, even if there's any. The other thing that, that today is, of course, the Super Bowl, because we're all big sporting fans here, aren't we? So that's the other thing that's on today. So it's quite a humongous day, really. With all is there a sports thing on today? And yeah, no. is, is that the sports bowl final thing? Don't we'll lose half our listeners. Don't 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 piddle them off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um we've just got one story to talk about today. Uh Doctor Who, we're on series twelve. Uh we did a double a double bill last time. It was like Saturday afternoon at the movies. We did a double bill last week. So <laughs> anybody who didn't catch us last week please look out for episode um 359 um that we did uh, the end of january uh, find it on itunes find it on Torchu, find it on a, a multitude of different podcast directories but today we are up to the fifth story which is um fugitive of the jadoon and um from the reaction we've had on our i don't want to Prejudge anything, but on the reaction we've had on our uh, Cultum uh, group page, uh, it's a doozy. It's a doozy. Uh, now, I've got a number of clips, but I'll, I'll try and pick and choose. So I'm going to uh, play the first one in, and then I'll let you decide where we go from there. All right. All right, Monday. Do your worst. Mm-hmm. Have a great day. I will. Gloucester. Try my guided tour. First time in Gloucester. Is this your first time in Gloucester? Try my guided tour. This is me. Try my guided tour. I know all the exciting facts about Gloucester. Yes, I do. Test me. <laughs> well then, 
tell me something. Okay. In 1216, the cathedral hosted the coronation of King Henry III. And he was only nine at the time. <laughs> they filmed Harry Potter here too. Oh. <laughs> that is so typical, that. Um, great opening. In, um, I played that. No, I'm going to skip some of the ones because one of the yeah. things right at the beginning of this story was um, were they dropping hints about what was to come? Um, well, funny you should mention that. Um, I haven't I haven't done this very often, so uh, how do I insert a picture in here, Dave? You drop it into the text chat, and then okay, is it drag and drop? Yep, and it's a JPEG there. And I'll stop presenting the one that's already in, which is our uh, one. I'm just gonna remember where I put it now. <laughs> And uh, while it's just that, I should give, we should have given yeah. out a spoiler warning. We're, we are spoilers from this point, including the clip that I just played. So uh, brainwash yourself from that clip if you haven't seen it. Yes. Loading. There it is. And click present. Ugh. Rotated wrong, but it will. Hey, just a so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna start off with I don't even know how we're gonna do this because there's just so much to kind of <laughs> to talk about, and I still don't think I've watched this enough to really even talk on it. But um, not fangirling at all. But yeah, so uh, the opening episode, opening seconds of the episode, we're presented with this image of Ruth looking into uh, this nice little mirror. Just happens to be a shape that's quite frequent in the TARDIS. Um, there is a, another one from a little later, uh, which I'm not quite so sure about as it being uh, a uh, an Easter egg of any kind, but... Uh, there's one before, actually, the very first screen we see a watch, don't we? Yes, with blue hands, too. But then the the, the lady who's uh, sitting there next to her knitting, if you notice, it's a very colourful uh, item she's knitting there. It's very reminiscent of uh, uh, Jodie's Doctor, of course, with the rainbow on it. And, of course, the colours that um, Ruth will be wearing later. <laughs> I mean, it's I know we said spoilers, but it just seems weird to talk about it, to talk about her in those that regard right now. Um, but yeah, so this seems like at the at the um, the start here a, a regular episode. You know, oh, there's a, we a poor alien that's stuck on Earth, and and the Jadoon have been sent, and the Doctor will convince everybody, and we'll all go home and have a nice cup of tea. And that's what we think we're getting until, I guess, my first uh, inkling was when the TARDIS materialized and Lee was in the coffee shop getting the cake. The guy was just a little, uh, I don't know, he just seemed to look at the doctor in a weird way, like he recognized her. So that's when I knew things were a little more serious than we were kind of led to believe by the, the the layout of the episode there's a lot of misdirection um, 
But the, even though there even is, though there is there, there is just yeah. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned um, somebody mentioned the windows in the flat. They mentioned the the shape of the windows. There was the Mike, flat. but I haven't gone back to check, and I'm not sure if he was kidding yeah. me. I think no, I think they were the no, wrong no, side. Uh, yeah, but the layout, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the layout though. It's the six six panes at the top. No, it is okay. I hadn't gone back to look and see if he was right or not, but I'm sure there was. Which to me is just a, a beautiful thing. That I don't know. That you see, that's 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 the way it's supposed to be done because you don't see any of that on the first watch. Mm. You know, you uh, you get inklings like we did, but uh, it's probably my boom mic being delivered. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that that. So let's take it as far as the lead up into this. Is yeah, you know, the lead up is we're not sure what is going on. We know somebody's got a secret, and and actually, it really lays some nice groundwork. There's good teamwork going on. We get some hangover from the whole master thing at the beginning, and it's really quite nicely done. Where it's just like, you know, I can see how the doctor would just go off into her own little world, and because at the heart of the the doctor is this being that's been around for so so long, and it must be. I'm sure difficult at times, as uh, as kind and loving as the doctor can be at times, that they that just just look at us and go, why do I bother? Why are you here? Oh, these insects are in my in my TARDIS again. I mean, really. I mean, when you think about it. Um, and so it's uh, it's kind of neat to see the, the the doctors off on her own and kind of forgot that they were there and you know and it's kind of neat because it's like not often does the doctor have personal time you know before and, and you know the doctor had to go back to gallifrey you know he just you know dumped the companions in aberdeen um so they should think themselves lucky that they're still on the tardis right uh so yeah uh the setup and this is great um i'm not sure it was was that an animatronic Jadoon head? Because that was well, oh, absolutely, good. absolutely, more than one. That was animatronic because the their movements on that were slick, um, and I like the fact that without too much fuss and bother, we're introduced to the female of the species, and that's the reason for the hair, you know. Um, and so yeah, yeah, we have a female Jadoon. Um, with her platoon, um, which I'm sure we'll see again soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got there, right? <laughs> I think I better play a clip and let you gather your thoughts. Play a second <laughs> clip. doing it again now the reason i played that clip if you listen very carefully when she's in the tardis you hear the faint sound of a different tardis or an early tardis that was one of the things that um, i only spotted when i was listening i'll play it again because it's only a few seconds but listen for the faint sound of a tardis she's hovering over the controls and they're wondering what she's up to mm.
She's doing it again. Yeah, so that's not their TARDIS. It's almost like a, a memory or an echo or a, uh, this TARDIS recognising there's another huh. TARDIS about. Huh. Yeah, you could be right. Um, again, while you got these thoughts, the, the other thing is um, there were also red herrings because they quite prominently, when they're in the flat at the beginning, you see she's wearing this necklace, uh, <laughs> name's Ruth, so it's got an R on it. So I mean, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's a direct, that's a direct finger to fans, <laughs> because you know we're all going when 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 getting close to the to the uh, to the to the glass thing at the very end. We're going, yeah. it's the Ronnie. We do it. It's the Ronnie. It's the Ron. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> He's he did that on purpose. That's why she had an R. That's the only reason why she's Ruth. I bet you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you yeah. give her an R around her neck, and everybody go, "It's going to be the Ronnie." Yeah, that's all you need to do. Get us all going. Yeah, absolutely, certainly. Yeah. Does not take much. Right. Uh, that was a very short clip, so I'll play another one. The master. Why would you do that? Because Savin took him. Yes, they transported him to their dimension, and I can't get there in the TARDIS. But I thought. If he escaped, I could track him. There's no sign. Thought he'd be the last person you'd want to see. He left a message for me. Sign what? It's personal. Is that where you go? When you leave us to explore and you say you'd be back in an hour, but you never are. Are you out looking for him? Where do you go? On my own. Why? Why not with us? Because you ask too many questions. Maybe because we're worried about you. I mean, one minute you're all smiles, next minute your mind's somewhere else. And the audio is fantastic. I mean, the 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 sense of foreboding that that music, um, you know, conjures up to me. And uh, I think we mentioned it last week that um, we're getting used to the 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 difference. It's, it's not when a character comes on screen, you have their sort of theme tune played, Clara's theme right. or whatever. Uh, but it, it, it's it's more enforcing uh, what is going on in screen in terms of the emotional mood of it, rather than than you know. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, Murray Gold's music was fantastic, but you could always equate it almost to the old silent movies where, you know, the villain came on, so it went, then the chase right. sequence came, you know, and so you, you matched it to basically give you clues as to who was doing what, and then the, the romantic lead would come on and this kind of thing. So that's it. So, yeah, and of course we have this thing that if we do believe anybody's got a secret, it seems to be the guy. I must admit, even with those clues that you say, you, you see on the second and third viewing, I had no right. idea that this was going to be, you know, a, as we find out later, a chameleon arts job, uh, and it's not 
the 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 guy that we suspect as acting slightly shiftily um right. and strangely he's he's in the protective manner like from human nature family of blood where uh, martha's doing that Martha. very same job yeah oh and i've got an interesting another interesting easter egg on that one is right, right. before lee is is killed um what's her name grell grell oh gat gat says gat says um what is it uh the the perfect companion oh yeah yes now that's another fan service fan thing whatever you want because that's what we call it the average joe doesn't know what kind of connotation that is so it's you know they've always been you know the doctor's companion so it's like it's that another one is it before we even know that ruth is the doctor yeah there was we, another one we're given we're given these little lovely little clues so that when we go back and watch we go thanks yep thank you yep 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 got that <laughs> uh, uh, there's another one when 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 she's walking to work right at the beginning she walk along the canal she sees two dogs she has to pet the dog so she likes dogs canines she likes uh, oh and she uh, does that mean the doctor speaks duck now oh she greets the duck oh she does yeah she says hello reggie <laughs> like the doctor speaks duck now <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm so glad. You know what? I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean a little political here and go. Well, political as far as the show goes is like people give uh, Jimnal a hard time, but it's just like at least we don't have lines like "I speak baby" and "I speak yeah. X" now. Hey, look at me! I'm in a bow tie and a fez. <laughs> look, Sorry. Um, <laughs> let me. I, I've got. No, to I, 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 but in all yeah, seriousness, cool. I'll put it. I'll put it. I'll put a nice finish on this. Everybody has their own favorite time of Doctor Who, and this is somebody else's. If you don't like it right now, and you know what? Sometime you'll in the future you'll have a bit that you really like, and somebody else will really hate. It's the way the show goes. Just sit back, relax, enjoy it. It's on TV. Right. Anyway. Um, I think I think what's really getting an idea from I, I think you're as you say you, you you're going to have a very positive long take on this episode, but we want to bring Darth mm. in. So let me just play yeah. uh, one more clip and then get a, a an impression at least of what his thoughts were. This is a peaceful small city. Oh, where are you? That took me nine weeks. Language, human. What's this? Compensation for your weapon. Answer her question. Who are you? We are the Jadoon. You will be cataloged. You will not. Stay away from me. Enforcement field perimeter and maximum strength. You killed her. Can't I get And I must admit, Chibnall likes killing off the old ladies, doesn't he? Um, anyway, Darth, your uh, your first thoughts or impressions are whatever's. Um. Really kind of fabulous, this episode. Uh, I don't know how much you guys knew about 
anything happening in it. I didn't know anything about what was happening. So I again for the second time this year I got the you know delight of really major things happening without knowing them in advance. And so as I went through the first time, I was very closely listening to the sort of PA announcement that later turns out to be Jack Harkness. I was like, is that really, could that be that? Is it, what are we listening to here? And then when it turns out to be Jack, I was like, oh, well, this is good. Um, I, I, I strangely do think somehow, I'm not sure how this is possible, but um, I think that it is entirely possible that Barrowman overacted for Barrowman, which is... Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, um, the, I mean, I. It's I just pantomime season. It's pantomime I mean, season, you know. Kind well, yeah. I mean, kind of. I didn't really care though, uh, but you have to note. This is basically, it might be appropriate for all yeah, we his, know. It's his jiggy it's, acting when he jigs well, about. Well, this is this is, I, I guess, what we might call. Doctor Who Jack, yeah, as opposed to like Torchwood Jack, yes. but it could be Doctor Who Jack. You know what I mean? For all we know, this could be a time displaced Jack, uh, and so this could be before all of that Torchwood stuff, I guess. Uh, so it might be more appropriate for him to be kind of sillier, kind of more joyous, and right. really, you know, hypersexualized. Um, <laughs> Which is fine. I, I I dig that. I mean, that is the character we were sold a long time ago, mm-hmm. and it fits very nicely uh, into that character as long as you've seen nothing but Stephen Moffat written episodes of episode of series one, right? <laughs> I mean, this right. is like the third episode after whatever uh, Empty Child, um, but it but it is it is striking against you know. Miracle Day, not the same <laughs> character, really. But Ooh. I don't care. I don't really care. I mean, this is this is the Jack I was sold originally. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going back to that Jack as opposed to the sort of, you know, every person I touch eventually dies, Jack. Um, right. So whatever. I know. I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the fact that it was limited to. Um. The companions that it was just a companion romp that hasn't really mm-hmm. happened all that much in history and i dug that uh and i i am not entirely convinced that he's going to be back this season i think that could be it and yeah. that would be fine if that were it um i think he'll be back next season now that we know everybody is coming back next season or i mean now that we know jody and Chibnall are coming back next season. It would make sense that he too would come back next season, I guess. Right. But was that supposed to be a shock or was that advertised? I don't even know. No, it was not. It was, it, no. I don't think anybody knew about that. They oh, just I just got, in. No, but I no, I didn't know about it at all. I got spoiled just beforehand. 
Oh, man. All, all my own fault because I went online and somebody posted. I'd seen a comment. Somebody said, oh, Ian's brain will explode. I'm like, oh, cool. This is going to be a good episode. Then I wonder what it could be. But then I was scrolling by and I saw a picture of John Barrowman. And I'm like, oh, Captain Jack's back. Um, Whether or not it was true or not, I don't know. But that I went in going, oh, you know, it's got, a, it's got something to do with Captain Jack. Got something to do with Captain Jack. But that was okay. Yeah. And I'm still really kind of cool with being spoiled on that because there was more to come. <laughs> yeah, there was more to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was like, oh, um, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit sad that it took, like, basically Arrow is wrapped, right? So it wasn't yeah. like there was any kind of conflict from Arrow, which kind of sucks because we know that the people on Arrow for a long time have said yeah if he's ever needed by doctor who we will release him to go do it and i would have kind of dug it if it had happened while he was on arrow because then it really would have been yeah completely unexpected this you can work out well how they did it i would love to not know how they even did it you know right. i would be like i would love to think how did they fly him? Did, did the people at um in Vancouver, I guess, where they film all the Arrowverse stuff. I think they film Arrowverse in Vancouver. Did, yeah. Did they film it there? Did Doctor Who actually go back to Vancouver shooting? That would have been great. Uh, if a part of, because that could have easily worked out, you know, in the sense that somebody from Not, the CBC yeah, could have said, you know, sure. okay, we'll handle the production. I think, I think the, because I watched this, I think there's a YouTube video about like them making, you know, that bit and yeah. being secret and stuff like that and i think it was all done in the uk but uh did, yeah. did they really rush rush his uh dye job or what because it seems really really black is, he's been dyeing his hair for a long time but just recently he's been bouncing back and forth he was he kind of went au natural just to see yeah. what it was like and then he's like nope couldn't do it went back but then he's i see he's been bouncing back and forth now so maybe he's leaning towards more doing it now you know but it just seemed really weird so i don't know what he was doing at the time that maybe they just had to put a a rinsable black oh i'm sure it was or something because yeah. it just looked really really kind of ooh. Terrible. did you just spray that on before he came on <laughs> but yeah that's, let me, that's uh, me being very very nitpicky and interrupting let me just put, let me just put this in the room because you darth won't see you've seen it um hmm. uh, when he's judging dancing on ice that's how his hair looks darth hmm. you see that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. well i mean that that part of it is not so interesting to me as like it would have it just would have been more cool to me that had they brought him back like in the capaldi years or something where he clearly had a gig on you know arrowverse shows writ large right right uh and if they had somehow had to do a partnership on the production side of it like they couldn't give him you know time to get away from vancouver or whatever so they had to do it in vancouver yeah that would have been awesome and then they could have done like 40 different uh um forests like stargate did yeah 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 <laughs> but not only that but they could have they could have done this really cool thing where they could have had a split director credit and they could have had um oh who now has from uh, rachel talloy or talley Tal Tal who is yeah, formally gone into the the 
universe to the Arrowverse as a you know rotating director over there. Right. And they could have had her do just the Captain Jack dance. Oh my God. I would have or, I, my head would have exploded for the for the production side of it. Or Kevin Smith. Or Kevin Smith. You're right. Absolutely. That would have just been <laughs> that is Kevin a way to get him. He would have loved that. Oh yeah. Oh, you can just imagine uh, Captain Jack saying snooch to the <laughs> sorry. Oh, that would have been mm. it's just in my head that that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want to really blow, if you wanted to blow my mind, you would have had to have had uh, uh, Captain Hart in it, the the from Buffy the Vampire Player, uh, oh, who played right. the, the other time agent one. Uh, who he, oh, he yeah. played Spike. Um, John. Captain. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Captain Hart, but yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. If he if he'd come along with him and his buddy, and you know, you know, you've got uh, you've got me. And uh, Clara in one TARDIS, you've got um, uh, Doctor's daughter flying off somewhere else, you've got somebody in a flying bus somewhere else, and you've got uh, Captain Jack with his uh, his other uh, time agent in their little craft. Which, by the way, when I saw the outside of it, I thought it was something from um, UFO. Spinning flying saucer type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the Captain Jack thing—it was slightly spoiled for me, but I'm so glad that they kept all of that under wraps because too much, you know, in recent yeah. years has been leaked and like. Yeah. But to, the fact that Chibnall's managed to pull this off is, um, and this whole episode too, and I have to look and because I want to give credit to the man who said it, but uh, it was a, a user on Twitter who said that. This episode is like a warm RTD blanket. Kind of. It really, it really, yeah. it really kind of is. This, this, you know, with the inclusion of Captain Jack and and you know, there's a bit more of a, you know, hey, you think that's crazy? Look what's next. But then there's, I think Chibnall doing what he does well, you know, and yeah. just pulling out surprises. The biggest surprise for me in here, apart from the big plot twist, was the body count especially the guy in the coffee shop i was just like <laughs> did you just i expected the doctor to come in and go no wait I'm like nope he's dead okay then we're moving on <laughs> i was unique i was genuinely surprised that they killed him because they made him yeah he was a bit annoying but he really kind of fancied the doctor don't we all um and you know so there he is he's he's like i got your dossier and everything it's like no and then he stepped out of line and they killed them right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, there's no, there's no guidelines to this episode. We're just going to go whatever. So I was really happy with that because I spend a lot of my time trying to guess stuff on shows. And when I can get thrown like that, you're just like, okay, fine. Just you tell me what's going to happen. Okay. Let me jump to another clip. I'll skip one and then we'll carry on talking. Sentiment was always going to be your downfall. You kept it. Silly. Conotaloric alloy strong entanglement, very trackable. It just takes a while. Yeah, well, I wanted to repair it. Polish it. My service medal. Honor and courage still mean something. I agree. See, this is the problem with our identical training. 
who share all the same tricks. Kill him. Detained fugitive must be transferred to contracting No, authority. idiot. You didn't scan him yet, did you? Less. Fugitive. Negative. Explain. I'm sorry it has to end this way. You got so close to escaping. Faithful companion. And that was uh, Neil Stook, who was playing the, uh, uh, well, for want of a better word, as we find out, uh, the companion. But again, the music right. on that. So uh, oh. you really do need to sometimes just listen to the soundtrack of these things. Um, He's doing, I mean, it's not that it's better music. It's just, it's a different approach. And I really do like the approach and I really do appreciate it. It's like, not that I don't like Marigold, I don't pit no. one against the other. It's just no. a different way of doing things, and I really enjoy it. Yeah. Ritu Ara played Gap. I can't find out much about her, but um, well, no doubt when we do get to some commentaries uh, after the season's finished, Dean, we'll, uh, you, you'll go through these like uh, butter on a crumpet. <laughs> can, I, can I just say, I, one of the things that I don't think has been remarked on about this episode really is I really like its setting. I love the fact that it's in Gloucester, um, yeah. in part because it's a part of the English countryside that has never really been on TV exactly. Uh, we know that that um, where Rory and Amy were from. What was that? What's the name? Left. Oh, uh, the, yeah, the Led, wherever Led, they Ledworth. Ledworth. Ledworth is said to be in the 11th hour. It's said to be oh, about 30 minutes away from Gloucester. Um, that's cool. But for me, as a sort of a comic fan, Stockbridge, which is actually quite important in uh, especially the fifth Doctor's era of comics, but and also now more recently in audio, um, Stockbridge is supposed to be in um, at least Gloucester, sure. Maybe yeah. not Gloucester itself. Um, and Stockbridge is this place where there's sort of a pseudo recurring comic companion who's kind of a weird dude who goes around seeing UFOs all the time. Uh, and so th that sort of fired my imagination, not knowing. And I think it's, you know, now that we think we know at least that the that Ruth at the very beginning of the episode, who is purported to be a a tour guide of Gloucestershire, you can kind of see why maybe it was chosen if you know the full history of the doctor right. or, or if we're going to, I don't know where we're slotting this doctor in. We don't know yet. You know, um, it, it also makes it as a sort of prequel maybe for the fifth doctor's era in comics, because now we understand why he would have been drawn to Stockbridge, why he might've played for, you know, the Stockbridge cricket club, you know, why, why be in this area? Uh, why is he seemingly attracted to this part of England? And this might be a reason if this is a prequel uh, or if it's not a prequel, but a sequel, then you might understand, oh, well, the doctor's been here quite a bit, sees it as a nice sort of quiet part of England and therefore, you know, reinforced by the time with this sort of comic companion or comic recurring character and also as the home of 
former, you know, full-on companions, maybe this would be something, a place that he would be predisposed to. And so, therefore, settle down and, I guess, in this character of Ruth, you know, start a whole new life. I also thought, you know, quite interesting, the very explicit, I thought, uh, implication of sex, right? Um, between Ruth and this companion of hers when he knows the deal, right? He knows the deal. I mean, it's the equivalent of Martha trying to have sex with the 10th doctor when 10th doctor is John Smith. Right. I mean, it's, and, and like, she's like down for it. Right. You know, where he, he. And the doctor with the nurse. He's uh, he's chasing the nurse. Right. But, you know, well, that's true. Um, But, you know, there's the joke of the, you know, her, him on a birthday cake. And she says, no, that's an image. As if it's, you know, something plausible. Yeah, I think uh, he's like, ooh, there's an idea. I know. <laughs> I, I, I quite like, dug that in retrospect. I was like, yes, because, you know, I've always been in, in Doctor Who fandom when people start talking about looms and lung barrow and all that stuff and how there's oh, yeah. non-sexual reproduction. I've been like, no, 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 there's just sexual reproduction. It's just going to happen, you know. Um, and so I, I, I dig the fact that out of the chameleon arts, we now have two sort of implications of uh, Time Lords, maybe the same Time Lord for all we know, um, having the inclination and indeed the probability of actual sex with um, people when they're not, you know, remembering that they're Time Lords, the drive is still there. And I kind of dig that. Well, Captain Jack didn't think it was inappropriate to kiss the Doctor on first sight, uh, who he thought was the Doctor on first sight. Well, Captain Jack, yeah, but I'm talking about Time Lord. I'm talking about a Doctor. I'm talking yeah. about an yeah, implication but, but, for how the, the species itself reproduces. But, but if Captain Jack knew that the Doctor was asexual, he wouldn't try and kiss her, would he? That's what I meant. Oh, well, he, I mean, that's that's a simple carry-on from, what, Boomtown or something like that? Where he literally does kiss the ninth doctor. Well, he, yeah. he jumps on the TARDIS in um, Utopia, doesn't he? I mean, right. uh, to, 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 let me play another clip. Uh, uh, oh, before you do that, I've got, I've got this yeah. one for it's it's from the uh, TARDISFandom.com wiki. Uh, story right. notes on here it says John Barrowman had to fake a house renovation in Cardiff to keep it secret that he was filming for Doctor Who. In fact, in order to keep up the ruse bearman did actually carry out some renovations <laughs> sent the bill to bbc <laughs> yeah there you go here's the you said get renovations done i just got them done and here's the bill <laughs> that's probably how that went down you've redecorated oh, um, i don't like it <laughs> yep so and then here's another one for you uh although uh, uh was it nita uh, Manzor directed the episode. Jamie Magnus Stone directed Captain Jack Harkness's scenes. Ah. Oh, there you go. So it was all. So I wonder how much. I wonder who knew outside because that sounds like. Yeah, that's interesting that they used a different director for the separate filming like they kept it well secret is that the reason why or just you know 
they must have to be careful. Because when I'm sure we talked about it when we did the last story, the the chap who played the master was actually um, when he got the the thing that he was cast as the master, he was actually working with Peter Capaldi at the time, and he couldn't tell him. Mm. Yeah, because anyway. Jamie Magna Stone uh, directed uh, Spyfall Part One. Oh right, which is interesting. So he dealt with the introduction of the master, plus is taking on pulling in Captain Jack. Oh, wonder what's going on. I wonder if there's rhyme or reason to this. Is there? I just wonder if there's like a two or two or three year plan in this whole that they, that we're just seeing the beginning of. Yeah, they've probably got a storm cage somewhere, Ian, and they film it in there. Yeah, there you go. Right, let me play this. I would man being in that storm cage. I'd just sit there and wait for her to come back every now and then. And be like, hey, if you get lonely, I'm right here. Hello, right here. Well, we get a, re- we get a, re- a Captain Jack reference somewhere about uh, a sandwich. Anyway, here we go. Biological shielding decrypted. Fugitive positive. That's it. Back up or Daddy Rhino form gets it. What are you doing? Feels like instinct against the bullies. Because you know the thing about bullies, there's always a weak spot. That sounds, sounds a bit more awkward on the audio, that. Do you know what you've just done? Who are you? You just castrated him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to play the one straight away. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveller in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. And I want to play those two together, particularly because that was her transition, uh, you know, in the fight sequence. And then very mm. shortly, um, she gets the text message, which the doctor realizes an activation one um, for her to break the um, the fire alarm thing, isn't it? And um, right. so, how big a shock was this in when it finally came that who who oh, who she was frustrating us? Just it was crazy because I think. Trying to remember when it f- I first twigged what was going on, um, and of course, you know, the doctor separating from Ruth when they go into the house. I knew something was, you know, um, but of course, as she starts reaching towards the, the the glass, you start hearing the whispers, and you're like, right then I'm st- sitting there going, Megan would probably tell you I was doing it out loud. I was probably like, but who? But who? But who? You know, who is it? And it was. Uh, sorry, had to do that one. Um, but no, that was just crazy, and and she's standing there, like, is it, no, it can't be the Ronnie, 
like it's not the master we've just done that uh, who the hell is it you know yeah. Heck, yeah with the r it could have been romana it would have been a good opportunity mm. too but anyway next time um but no and, and it was just like i'm the doctor and then ship i'm like ship and then it's just at that point you're just your brain's just was <laughs> like not expecting this like i said on on uh, our facebook page it's like ah time to sit down for a nice jaunty jejun ridden episode where nothing much really happens you know and then we just get this and it's crazy and it's still crazy and we know how this all plays out which to be honest it's got everybody talking about doctor who right now and i there are still naysayers out there but it is silenced an awful lot of people who are on the bandwagon of, of people who would say the show has had it and whatever and it's awful there are very few of those poking their heads out right now because this really does do what should really kind of happen every now and then it's what happened when the show came back we got rid of gallifrey we thought for good but it's not afraid to go and say well you know what you know how gallifrey was dead yeah well, well we found a way to bring it back okay cool so we can mold the show and make it do things make it exciting and this definitely makes it really exciting right now i can't tell you what the payoff's gonna be um i hope it's not a moffat payoff because his payoffs did not really excite me um but this i think um I think there's a plan ahead um, and things are being laid out and I'm really kind of eager to see where the, all this goes. And I think I have my ideas. I don't know if we want to talk about those right now or if we want to make that after the next patch of clips. But yeah, um, for the moment, maybe. Um, just talk about the reveal at the moment and then move forward. And yeah. Uh, and the actress, of course, was brilliant in the fact that, um, her, you know, her persona changed within an instant oh. i mean that uh, chris chibnall obviously did that in a way with the the master's reveal it sort of turned mm -hmm. on a dime but but in fact i think her transition was almost more impressive in a way mm. for for basically just i mean at Stop. the moment we don't know how how deep this goes so is it no. just um uh, is this just a one-off is this going to be a long-running we have no idea, but her first leap into the character, brilliant. Really, really <laughs> like this. This doctor seems very interesting because, hey, it's one we don't know about. And we'll talk about this in a minute. Origins are interesting. So it's a, a different spin on a, a new doctor while we've still got one, our current one, roaming around. <laughs> Yeah, that but was quite unusual. Uh, how that she said the the bit of them where you'll like this is where she holds her hand and they transport into the TARDIS, which yeah. um, seems to be well, you know, it took us about ten series to get the click to open the door, you know. So this is quite <laughs> an advancement on that. One would think. Yeah. 
but yet it was very retro in its look. Darth, any thoughts about this big reveal? I mean, I'm assuming you thought Barrowman was going to be a surprise. Did you think that that was a surprise for the show? I mean, I don't think it's what it appears to be. I'll tell you that. Right. Right. Fair. I, I actually do believe it's Romano. Possibly oh. even the Ronnie. Uh, oh. I, I mean, why would you need to cast somebody who formerly played a Rodney in this episode if you're not trying to throw things off? Um, I mean, there's, an, there's no rationale for particularly casting Angelie Mahindra or whatever her name is, um, except to sort of stir the pot a little bit. I mean, she's not like it's not like she's really done that much in the intervening years, you know, so you're she's choosing not, her for a reason. Has she been in a lot of stuff? No, she was in the last episode. She was the scorpion creature thing. Really? I thought it was, Ironic. I thought she was Gat. No. Oh, oh well, then never mind. Forget what I said then. Um, uh, okay. Here for the trivia. <laughs> I know. Um, but anyway, I, I I don't I don't really think it's the doctor, and the reason that I don't is largely because of the one line where the doctor actually says to this carrot Ruth, we'll call her Ruth, um, you know the doctor would never pick up a gun, and she says, I know, shut up, because she's playing a role of some kind. I thought, and I took that to mean that she was threatening she this was person bluffing. with a gun that couldn't fire. Because if the person tried to use it in an aggressive way, it would fire back at them. Uh, and 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 the doctor then says later, you knew she'd do that, pull the trigger, and basically kill herself. So she wasn't using it as a weapon. She was using it. She, she knew that if it was snatched off her and somebody used it against her, it would have the opposite effect. Uh, that's still using it as a weapon, though. I so I so basically am on the side of the proper doctor, who says right. if you if you knew that somebody was going to use it and it was going to blow up on him, yeah. it is it is at that point a grenade. It's just not a. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. Yeah. You know, uh, but the doctor's and so that, done that with the companions. I mean, we kind of covered that sure. in in uh, sure. you know. But I took that line to mean shut up, don't let them know that I wouldn't shoot them. Right. Now I took that line is like, shut up, don't give up the the ruse. Yeah, that, a bluff. Yeah, I'm, a not, bluff. I'm not going to kill anybody here. That's how I took her. Maybe. Her. Yeah, I know. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I don't have I don't have any problem if it is the doctor. I just there's it just. Mm, I it have doesn't a theory about like it where it come where this could possibly happen, but then again, my my. uh grasp on Doctor Who lore and canon. I love using those lines. <laughs> uh, is is not, you know. But and I think we can cross over into that right now is um mm. there was I guess um set in between um the war games and sure. uh Pertwee's first episode is mm-hmm. was it series four B or season four B or whatever. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Which the doctor, instead of 
regenerating right then and there, um, he gets enlisted into a Celestial Intervention Agency or something to that long. I've got a book and I started reading it and I never finished it. But mm -hmm. it is plausible that that world game. Of, was that? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the name the of the book is World game. game. Oh, yeah. World War game. game. World Game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, so it is. I mean, that is probably. Well, I mean, there are other, are other places, but when we're looking at the kind of clues that we've begun, if we're talking about this actually being the Doctor, right? Uh, it, the TARDIS is already stuck in blue police box mode. Mm -hmm. Early enough where it still looks like very early interior. Um, mm -hmm. Doctor still calling it ship. Um, well, that's and good that just can fit right into that that area there where the doctor is forcibly removed from his companions mm -hmm. and then what if the celestial intervention agency actually did approach him drug him for you know uh force regeneration and then program them as agents uh if you notice lee says or gat says to lee we have identical training mm -hmm. so i'm guessing yeah. all three of them went through this training and the doctor and lee uh escaped from whatever the program was and hit out on earth that's that's my thing and then of course at some point the doctor of course gets found by our doctor released and um of course when the doctor regenerates there's no memory and if you do remember the doctor arrives on earth and steps out of the tardis and collapses like, quite neat. Well, that's, when you think about, it, I mean, it's. I mean, exhibit contradicts a lot of stuff that is not televised. But yes, it is right. based on just what's televised. You could do that. Yeah. Mm. The thing is that there, Gat says that because it looks as, at first it looks as though Gat has paid for the Judoon to come and do this, but then it right. appears that she's working for someone else. So they mm. could. I mean, the 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 Gat Doctor could have been brought back and as penance for stealing a Tardis. It could say, right, you know, you can either have all your regenerations taken off you, or you 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 have to do ten years in the, um, you know, working for Gallen Frey in enforcement sure. or something. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah, I think this 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 might be we might actually get an introduction to the Celestial Intervention Agency or something similar, where it's a uh, kind of like uh, uh, the temporal. Uh, police in, in Star Trek. Uh, who were they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Section 13 or whatever there. So. Yeah, so the, he, he basically, these are like the actual, you know, you got your time lords, but then you got your time police that are set outside of time to manipulate things. And, you know, they had enlisted the doctor and then the doctor escaped and escaped into, you know, 19, what is it, 1990, December 1990 or something like that is when this when the Ruth Doctor arrived on Earth. Um, yeah, so it, 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 it poses some interesting things, but uh, I just don't want to know too much about the Doctor. And I'm just going to mute now because my dogs are driving me nuts. Right. Um, now, because we've uh, moved, I was trying to skip some clips here. I just wanted, because we, we, we haven't heard anything of Captain Jack, and I think that's a, a, a rather large oversight. So uh, this might be the wrong clip, so I apologise that, because they're now out of order. 
Well, look, now you know who I am. Tell me who you are, why you've kidnapped me, and why you're after the dock. I mean, we're in the middle of something right now. Captain Jack Harkness, at your service. I mean, the dock, we go way back. This is important. He needs to know the future of the universe is at stake. Not he, she. Ah, this I gotta see. Yeah, in actual fact, the, 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 uh, although he's on screen only about five or six minutes, he's in like three or four little visits, of course. Um, right. uh, Graham goes the first time, then the others and so on. Um, but I'm going to jump now to um, um, something that this idea of whether this is the, whether this is the same doctor or not, uh, we have right. the thing where they talk about the same brain. Who's Kat and who are you, really? Truly, I told you, love, I'm the doctor. You can't be. Yeah, why's that? Because I'm the doctor. You have got to be kidding me. Really? Yes, really. Since when? Since forever. And how did I end up like that? All rainbows and trousers that don't reach. What? No. How did I end up like you? You don't. You're in my future, not the other way around. I've never been anything like you. Trust me, I'd remember, especially that shirt. So would I if I'd ever been you, which I haven't. What? That's not possible. Unless it is. But what would that mean? Doesn't make sense. Stop doing that. Oh, same brain. No, this doesn't make any sense. Either I should know you or you should know me. Agreed. So why don't we? I don't know. Why don't you try asking that cute little gizmo of yours? Yeah, that's the one. I did. I used it on you, but it couldn't decrypt the bio shield. If you've been restored. Same person. Oh, no. I'm going to say same brain, I think. Um, but, um, yeah. There's that right there, though. Yeah, go on. That's why it's difficult for it to be in season 6B. Because the sonic screwdriver comes from the second Doctor, Fury from the Deep. Right. And, uh, but how many uses, usages does it get? I mean, is it... She, ne nevertheless, the second Doctor would know about it. It wouldn't yeah. be like... like that, that's a very, I don't know what that thing is kind of performance. And I don't... But then again... Think that, but, are you adapting I mean, it? It could do more, uh, yeah. Right. Well, because I'd heard that one before, and so I had a have a theory. Oh yeah, we yeah, tend to look at the sonic screwdriver. We we tend to look at the sonic screwdriver right as the doctor's signature tool. When the doctor used it, when the second doctor used it, that was like the first time, and then the doctor mm. regenerated. Would you remember that? Um, there's actually sonic technology that the first doctor uses. It's not called a sonic screwdriver. But the nature, right. you know, it, it just seems weird to me that somebody that late into the doctor's lifespan would look at it as something foreign or weird or whatever. Um, that doesn't ring true. It, it rings more true if somehow this is pre-Hartnell than if it's post-Troughton. But then, how do you get the police box? That's what I don't get. You know. I mean, well, I mean, alter, I mean, we did have the last story where we had this misdirection. Other first story where we thought it was multiple worlds, and then it was actually 
the multiple time zones. I mean, maybe that multiple worlds um, idea was sort of planted in our minds because these are alternate, you know, I don't know, alternate timelines or something. Right. I don't know. I, I, there, there, there were articles out there that purported to say that, and I don't know if he has, so um, that uh, this the general said this is the doctor, no alternate timeline. But I don't know if there was any actual source for me. So. East, East space now can't have had East space. Yeah. Nope. The, the really cool thing, regardless of it, is the fact that we're even having this discussion. Yeah, um, and until it really closes out, it's good, and it's good for the show because we're all talking about it, and you know, um, it you know it's it's good good publicity. It's not a bad thing that you know that's going on here, um, and I, I just want to say it's actually neat to because Jim Knowles really kind of okay. Female doctor. Okay, what are you gonna do next season? Black female doctor. <laughs> and the thing is, is I think doing it this way and making it a some kind of alt doctor or early doctor that we don't know about is actually kind of a cool way of, of introducing a different skin tone to the character at some point and it's just been great um probably do you not think my... people... sorry go ahead i was saying do you think fans are not a bit suspicious after the the christmas special the next doctor when it turned out to be you know right a mine it it looked at one of the info stamps and it's imprinted on his brain and right he believed he was the doctor but it the fact so that we've had him, too many I, yeah. other things like the whole brain thing because the doctors when they get too close they <laughs> you know they start yeah. doing that and so same brain she said so there's that so it's either clone who knows maybe maybe at some point early on uh they clone the doctor you know uh too right so too right. Is, yeah i mean could be yeah so we could have uh yeah, that would be interesting. Um, Look, I think we, we'll get, I think it's difficult with speculation because I think it's open. Let me right. play, I'm going to specifically, I'll play the final clip and then let's all just have our thoughts about what we hope that they're not going to mess up or whatever. Right. Like final Doctor. clip. Doctor, found you. Hey, what happened? Where you been? What happened to Ruth? Did you do things or gone? You're never going to guess what happened to us. Captain Jack Harkness said hello. What? Beware the lone Cyberman. Do not let it have what it wants at all costs. That's all he said. Yeah? You got interrupted? Who is he anyway? An old friend. I liked him. Kind of cheesy. But good cheesy. That's Jack. He didn't say any more about the Cybermen. Uh, he said that they were a fallen empire and they should stay that way. What are they, these Cybermen? They're one of the most dangerous species I've ever encountered, up there with the Daleks. Oh, I can't wait to meet them then. And they're in our future. They're always somewhere. Waiting.
You haven't told us about Lee and Ruth and the Jadoon. Who was the fugitive? It was Ruth. But Ruth was me. Any, should we let Darth go? Uh, Darth, yes. do, you, do you want to see how this all pans out? Uh, the lone Cyberman, is that a, a, an ex-companion that's got... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could be her, couldn't it? It could be... What the, what's that character's name? I don't even remember now. Pearl, whatever. No. Matt. For, uh, who? From Series 10. Who was the companion in Series 10? Oh, um, uh, hmm? Mackie, Bill Potts. Pearl Mackie, Bill. Yeah, could be Bill. Mm. That'd be interesting. That would um, be. But I, I mean, it's still the cyber, so what do I care? Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, they are. I, I, I mean, I, my 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 uh, expectations are so low about that element. I mean, it'd be neat if it was tied into Spyfall. That seemed to be setting up Cybermen in some way. It, but you know, again, that means that we will be left in the finale of of having you know the master in control of cybermen again um how many times are we going to do that really in the modern era hasn't that been the ending now of two series wasn't it? yeah that was the ending of the first series of of uh capaldi and the last series of capaldi does it need to be the end of this series as well i i don't know i mean i honestly it could have been anybody else's voice uh, any other race put in there and right. i would have been more excited i think about it um but you know whatever it is what it is you know in terms of like just structure just plot structure i think that's fine you know it is mysterious it is it seems to have some threads that obviously go back to the premiere so whatever it is um probably as a structure for a series quite good but I don't care about the Cybermen, never have. I feel like I've given them as much chance as I can to like them, and they just are never any damn good. So whatever. Um, I I think more what I take away from this particular episode, and we haven't really talked about this, is actually the utility of the explicit kind of character that Russell T. Davies created with the Jadoon. Um, they are very useful. <laughs> they are delightful. Uh, they are something you can write if you're even if you're not RTD, and you can probably come close to making something interesting. Certainly, that seems to have been the case this time around. They were even menacing, I think, at first, which mm -hmm. is a little interesting to me since they were created to not be menacing. They were created to be just officious. But I kind of dig that. I mean, that is quite the trick to do, especially when you have made them to be rhinoceri, right? I mean, I think one of the important things, mm. sorry to interrupt, was, no, and it sounds silly, but the first story they were inside. Uh -huh. and they're rhinos, long yeah. outside. But they were actually, I thought they were better outside where they weren't yeah. so confined to going up and down hallways yeah here you got to see them on mass in force not because and all the all the points where we saw them as a big group were these 
um, distance shots on the moon. Here mm -hmm. we got to see actual platoons beaming in. Yeah. Yes, it's the same one in six different spots, but hey, who cares? Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, we got to see them as a force rather than just playing on the moon. Yeah, maybe. I mean, uh, but also as an evolution of that species, I think it's an interesting um, movement towards using them in a maybe more serious way. I, I have a lot of time for Smith and Jones, so really, I, mm. I I don't care. I think that they're great, and I think that they're a lot of fun. I think it's a useful litmus test. If you put Smith and Jones in front of a um, a new viewer to Doctor Who and they don't like it, they're not going to like Doctor Who. Period. No. They're just not. But if they like it, then you're like, okay, we got to go. You know, <laughs> this is going to work yeah. out. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a really useful episode in that sense. Um, but I, I just, I really, I have a lot of time for the Jadoon in general because they work in a lot of ways because they're basically, despite being ludicrous visually, they are actually quite uh talky race like they're yeah. everything about them is the letter of the law right yeah so therefore they're useful in narrowing things down right yeah um and, and i thought they were particularly well used here because you know we're trying to figure out who the fugitive is and so therefore when they say you're the fugitive and oh by the way you're also the fugitive so therefore we get double compensation you're like right. well that's pretty serious then that looks like that is the doctor and if it turns out not to be the doctor then there better be a damn good reason for it you know yeah. you can't just leave that in the dust so they're good at at basically being at the heart of an investigative matter and yeah. you come out of it and you're like, okay, I know what the deal is. I know what the situation is in a way that you never really do with the Daleks or with the, you know, other Cybermen in particular. Right. It's all ambiguity with them. Whereas they're, they're very precise. And I kind of really dig that about uh, the Jadoon. Um, yeah. But, but notice yeah. how they, they can easily be buffaloed as well. While they have their letter of the law that they know how to operate by. I mean, the doctor just says, Oh, that's countermanded by law 12 of an earth. It's right. like, oh, okay. <laughs> We're not familiar yeah, yeah. with this. I guess like, you know. It's like you stumbled into the wrong place, but you're there to get your guy. And they're like, hey, you can't do that here. Why not? We have to go through him first. Okay, fine. Right. You know, you buy it. Yeah, yeah. So they're not, they're not great at it, but they know their job. And I mean, <laughs> particularly well suited for this particular TARDIS crew team because you know, as is explicitly said in the episode, well, mm -hmm. you know, yes, I'm a, I'm a police person, so. so I know how to speak their language, and she is therefore useful, you know, right. directly useful the, in the episode. I thought it was The only great. problem I have with that is yeah. at the time that it is mentioned, mm -hmm. she never uses that skill. Oh. She goes down and says, arbitration, and, they, and, and what's his name? She says, arbitration's over, you can go in now. This is like she didn't do anything. Like uh, you've heard that line. It's like we speak the same language, and then they gave her nothing to do, but she got down there, and then she gets beamed away. <laughs> that's kind of true. I suppose that's kind of true. Like, yeah. Uh, thanks. But at least it makes her. At least it makes her not. Yeah. Like afraid of them, you know, and that's that's sort of useful to me. I mean, because a lot of times Yaz gets 
short shrift in an episode. I don't know. Mm. It seemed nice to have them have her, you know, at least feel confident right. about what she might be doing in that situation. Um, yeah. And also, but, who knows what got yeah. cut out of that. That's true. Confrontation. Yeah, that's very true. Um, and we're certainly not finding any kind of backstage material this time. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing. Given. I mean, there's not even, I forget what they called it last season, but there's no, they used to call it inside Doctor Who or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. There's not even that this time. Like, what is going on with, you know, the marketing of this? But in a way, it's kind of good because I don't know anything about this series and I'm having the most fun with it because I don't know anything about this series. I know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> It's kind of delightful in in some ways. I was listening to a thing uh, where they were interviewing, I guess on Radio Free Scar, they were interviewing, who's it, William Russell? Somebody Russell, not William Russell, that's Ian. Um, but whoever it was, who was the brand manager for Doctor Who until the start of the Jodie Whittaker era. And he was like, yeah, they're doing it totally different now than we used to do in, in that they are not giving anything away. And that's certainly effective in some ways in some ways it's not but that's not they're not doing it you will know nothing about this series going into it I'm like okay well that at least it explains why they why things have shifted so dramatically um but oh and along those lines maybe it's a maybe it's a, a cultural shift but baby yoda hmm. case in point of 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 Pulling the curtain, closing the curtain again on the creative process and saying, just wait till we're done, please. And then look at it, you know. Yeah. Don't get a day by day report of what we're doing. Just right. wait till it's all done and then watch it. And that's, that's where the pleasure comes. And that's why I'm just like, uh, I, I'm normally like, I'll be doing things in the background, ADD, et cetera. Um, mm. But I'm very careful. I had to go on Facebook because I wanted to get this comment from, from Gail, but I'm making sure I don't get spoiled about the episode. So I was like, you know, because uh, now I really want to be careful because there's there's stuff nobody knows about. Before, it was like you uh, two weeks before, it's like, or a month before, it's like Daleks are going to be in next season. Like, right. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, we just saw John Sim on the. Oh, great. Mm. But also, that was kind of cool in a way too because the show was at that point where that was news what was going on on doctor who was news it's yeah. it's good and bad you know it's in the public spotlight people care enough that a newspaper will publish a story because they know they'll sell newspapers mm -hmm. but what i want to say about this oh are you done Darth? oh i don't or know I, I was just talking i don't, I don't know okay. if done or not go ahead Okay, I wanted to bring up something that I came across that kind of sure. really put uh, a, a, a nice little uh, rose on the top of this. Uh, it was a comment from Gail uh, Willis Girl uh, from, of, uh, from the Colton Collective. And her comment, I hope she doesn't mind me reading this out. It says, watching tonight's episode of Doctor Who as a black woman myself, the Doctor, one of my favorite protagonists ever on the show, I have loved for years. Being a black woman is so unbelievably important to me. I can't even express in words. It's everything. I am very happy and grateful. And that was just the perfect icing on the cake for that episode. And this is like because we sometimes forget, especially myself. I don't know about you, Darth, but 
because I haven't seen you. But <laughs> so I'm not assuming, but you know, I, I'm a white guy of British origin. I've got every chance of being the doctor. Every chance. Yeah. You've even got the suit. Yeah, I got all the costume and everything. I'm just waiting for the call. Because, you know, <laughs> but we do tend to forget sometimes. It's just, a, you know, really does kind of matter representation. And I don't think enough of us realize that until you i kind of really recently kind of discovered it that um i have a genetic disorder and it's uh given me webbing on my fingers and toes um i kind of just realized it recently because i was talking to a friend about like you know how long i've been into science fiction and fantasy one of my earliest shows i remember watching and adoring was man from atlantis because patrick duffy had webbed fingers and toes and he was cool. And so the thing I got made fun of was cool. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, uh, sure. So, you know, that, it's a cool it, thing. Uh, and uh, <laughs> just on a, on a general point, while you get yourself composed, is that like Ken 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 put him in it, just the sheer joy. I mean, um, he, he's unfortunately he sends his apologies. He can't be with us, but uh, um, he he just said, um, uh, "Where does he put uh, Fugitive of the Jejun has been the standout episode in an already great season. Dramatic, fun, exciting, entertaining." surprising in capital letters did rdt sneak in and produce this episode i don't want to go into details about any spoilerific plot points but i'm also glad i knew absolutely nothing about this episode perhaps except that the judoon were involved and they're always great there's a moment at 18 minutes into the episode of such ecstatic joy that all the week's problems were forgotten i mean it it, it took him out of his own personal concerns of you know uh and and you know he, he was able to just fully engross in that story and there's an awful lot of other comments like the one you've read um i think i passed on a, a message to gail because some podcasts wanted to to reach out to people who had been affected in a particular mm. way by that um yeah. let me while i've got the mic uh just mention that um yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this. I don't know what the resolution is going to be. I hope it's not going to be a cop out. I mean, right. there's lots of different things. If the lone cyber, but what would you consider a cop out? That's my my thing of interest because, uh, like, you know, it would be great for Gail and for other people. Me too. I mean, I honestly, I have been looking for a female doctor for ever since Tom Baker joked that his replacement was female, and it turned out mm. instead to be Peter Davison. Which I was also very excited about because I already knew him. Mm. But um, I, I've been waiting for a long time for there to be a female doctor and was deeply disappointed in the day of the doctor when, having kept myself insulated from spoilers, I saw Peter Capaldi's eyes and I was like, oh, that is not what I was looking for. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I wouldn't be darn skeptical if I didn't remain skeptical <laughs> that this is not the real doctor and i wouldn't necessarily there there are certainly storylines that i would not think of as being um a cop-out if this weren't the doctor and i would think even the idea of floating this as possibly the doctor 
might be something that could um, be a remedy in the future. For instance, we know that Peter Capaldi was first in Doctor Who, not as the Doctor, but then later became the Doctor. And there would be nothing wrong, it seems to me, in having a resolution of this where it's not the Doctor, but then when it comes time for Jodie to actually regenerate, she chooses the form of Joe Martin. Isn't that her last name? I forget her last name. Yeah, that was what. Yeah. I mean, that would be, that could be a thing that would work for me. She was the doctor all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Like if this is the watcher or some modern watcher, that could work for me yeah. just as easily as, you know, oh, it turns out to actually be Romana. Frankly, I, I want Romana back more than I, I want anything. And it would be great as, you know, if this is Romana, whatever it will be now, four, five, I think it would be five. If we count everything in big finish, um, right. I would love that. And I wouldn't think that that was a cop out. I would, you know, especially if she had some clever plan, you know, all along, cause she's lady president of, you know, the Time Lords. And this is the way yeah. in which she brings Time Lord society back. Like that would be cool, um, but I mean, I, I I very much appreciate and celebrate people finding themselves in fictional heroes and, and whatever, and wanting that to to be there available for people for sure. It's just I I do wonder what would it be a cop out to you if this isn't the Doctor? No, no, no. I, I, in some ways, I don't want it to be the very next incarnation of the Doctor. But on the other hand, I don't want it. I mean, for instance, they mentioned the lone Simon Wolf. So if that's Bill Potts, does that mean that the, uh, she called the pilot or whatever it was from the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the water woman has assumed mm -hmm. the DNA of the doctor uh, at some point when she, because she, she could appear, we saw her appear in front um, uh, and she could take any look. So it could be that water creature that's this, doctor um mm. it could be jenny the doctor's daughter because uh she has a shared dna um mm. there are all sorts of different That's ones um, but yeah I, I hope if if it isn't i don't particularly want this no, and not because this actor wasn't actress wasn't very good and if she's a if she if she's actually the the you know the 15th doctor or something like that that would be absolutely fantastic but i don't want it to have been so what what's the word um uh for for to, you know i don't want it to be the next one we've just seen early because we seem right. to have gone that way before um in a way if it's a doctor from the past then she can still live on and the, and she could be brought back for say the 60th anniversary in a multi-doctor story um let's face it some of the other doctors are getting a little bit old but we i, I think if they have a 60th anniversary multi-doctor story it should be a six doctor story because we've had five doctor story should be the sixth doctor so you know she could yeah. come into the mix of that so um i don't really know what's copper i don't want to go oh was that the you know I, I, so i don't know what's going to deflate me until it deflates me darth so not very clever so you, you don't want all of a sudden there to be regeneration energy fed into a hand and yeah, yeah. Oh, okay yeah. i mean personally yeah. i kind of dug that but no i can see that as being disappointing i just you know the thing i don't want 
is the thing that I think is mildly likely, and that is to justify all these doctors that we see in Brain and Morbius. I don't want. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. But... No, no. I, I want that to just be forgotten about. Like, you know, bad canon idea. Like other things. Like, let's not talk about unit dating. Uh, you know. Except and, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are th- that's the thing I always laugh when people are like, it goes against canon. Shut up. This is Doctor Who. Even yeah. the writers say canon. <laughs> uh, it, the show gets reshaped as it's needed. That's why it's gone on so long. The 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 Doctor does isn't the only one that regenerates. The show regenerates. We add things into its lore all the time, and and with this one, what I want is something that adds to the Doctor and the lore mm. of the show. Yeah. that doesn't adversely affect i don't want to know how the doctor was created or born or brought into existence i don't want yeah. any of those answers so that's why i'm kind of happy with the kind of the theory i'm going with because it puts it nice and neatly in its own little pocket dimension really um and that that once you know that the only reason why now the doctor knows about this because obviously the doctor is capable of forgetting a doctor on their own a mental block mm. put mm. in the way that they will never they can do that themselves so mm. if the doctor was forced to work for some agency some time agency or whatever and retooled and given terrain you know forced training yeah. And then after the regeneration blocks, you know, blocks that, you know, that out, so they never yeah, have yeah. to think about it again, you know, because they obviously were made to do really bad things. And that's where they escaped. They don't want to go back to that. You know, we still got the timeless. The... Sorry. Right. So still got the timeless child's thing. So whether they'll all yeah. come together at season end, uh, yeah. I'm sure. I don't mind adding to the to the to the you know baseline of the show if it's well done. But I, like mm. like Dave says, I'm with Dave. It's like I don't want it to be a wave your magic wand and at the end everything's right back to where it was and nothing's been changed at all. Like you know. Um, uh, what was the one with the master in it? Sound of drums. Yeah, yeah where the, you know, the, basically it's like, <laughs> oh, the top of fame just all got sucked away, and the the everywhere thing went back to normal. Everybody's mm-hmm, fine. Mm-hmm. Go home now. Yeah. I, I want something that has lot. If it's if it's if he's going where I think he's going, I want it to be done nicely. Where it just kind of adds another branch to the show where they can add more. Because imagine having this area of doctor who of early gallifrey the doctor actually doing stuff on gallifrey but without revealing doctor's origins you know so you've got this kind of rogue 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 doctor as opposed to just rogue doctor you know it's even hmm. this doctor's kind of alien to our doctor now because of the you know however many i don't even know how many years are we at now 1700 2000 Possibly two thousand now. Yeah. So we got that, you know, and so that's a vastly different doctor as far as 
progression of the characters from what we've seen you know right um if you just based your doctor off of uh hartnell and trouton and then had the you know then then that's your you know so then she actually fits in kind of nicely in regards to that you know we've been the the very officious grandfather authority figure then we've been the fun and fancy free doctor and now we're so we've got a little bit of the dandy in the costume bit which is to come from pertwee but we've got this kind of mix there's a bit of planet loose and fancy but there's also this authority figure that you know can tell the jejun to get stuffed and you know that maneuver where she did that and disarmed the jejun that was not on that was not an accident that was the doctor on purpose that doctor well, I mean, let's not forget Hartnell tries to brain somebody with a stone. Right. I know, but that, episode two we, of Cave of Skulls. Yeah, we Cave think of, of the things that <clears throat> the Ruth Doctor does as being, you know, not doctor like, but if you base it off the first two doctors, where do you go? You know, where do you, you know, Right. It actually if you, improves if you work things. In that progression. Yeah, it improves things and makes um, the importance of traveling with human companions and especially Barbara, really, um, much more prominent, much more important. Because it, let's say that this is pre Hartnell rather mm. than post Troughton, then you again have the doctor traveling with a time lord. Right, because we have right. to assume that her male companion, whose name I've already forgotten, is a Time Lee. Lord. Yeah, Lee. Lee. Oh, yeah. His okay. human name was Lee, anyway. Uh, yes, well, he was. He was. He was Gallifreyan, whether Time Lord or not. Gallifreyan. Well, no, I think he, that this episode actually equates Gallifreyan to Time Lord, as the as the right. modern series always has. Right. right. The, the modern series yeah. has, with one tiny exception, always suggested that there is no difference between Gallifreyan and Time Lord, and even that little exception is very easy to overlook um mm. so but none did, of this nonsense he, of like invasion of time you know whatever right, right. but yeah because he, he had medals and stuff that he right. that's how they found him because he had his medals is from from his time and she says we had the same training so training so and she's him. clearly and and literally the line in this episode is that the doctor says you're gallifrey something in the same sentence more or less you're Gallifrey, but you're a Time Lord. Like, there's no distinction between the two things, really. Right. Um, so, you know, my point would be just that he, she's the Ruth Doctor is traveling around with Lee, apparently. Mm. And so that's just another Time Lord, right? So there's been no, uh, just as Hartnell Doctor travels around with another Time Lord, Susan. There's not right. been this opportunity, if it's pre-Hartnell, there's not been this opportunity to be mellowed by the presence of humans or to like humans or any of that. So it would make sense to me that she is the root doctor, a little more aggressive, a little less um, pacifist or whatever. Right. That could work for me, for sure. The, the, the big thing here is, we're all keen to know. That's the point. Yeah, I know. That's yeah, yeah. 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 Because this is just the three of us, you know, and so 
there's three others out there who who sit and talk about things like this as well i'm not sure you know i don't know if we're legally obligated to mention them um mm. but uh yeah uh all the other podcasters are talking about this it's all on facebook it's you know uh, the response i've seen is great it's got everybody talking about the show and it's mm. popping up in feeds and stuff mind you that's not hard because you know keep getting showing stuff you like but you know it's really neat that it's i mean that is you know if we take the broader view of season well, series 12, I guess that we're in, <clears throat> it's, it's fairly remarkable that with the exception of Orphan 55, all the episodes have gotten the very strong positive reaction that they've gotten. Yeah. Like it's, it's been a, it's been a minute since Dr. Who has had this many hits right from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, probably it's all the way back to series two, really, when, you know, you had a werewolf, a Sarah Jane and whatever else the third one was. Oh, uh, uh, robot people trying to screw with early France. Oh yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that, that yeah. was a hot pocket of great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's been a while since we had this much success right at the start of a series, and I, I granted, right, yeah, they have less capacity for error now, but. I, Still, I, and, I, I really, and if you go back to Revolu uh, resolution too, that was that was to me a a hard right kind of or hard left, whatever, a change in direction from where they had been to now more confidence in where they were going. I thought right. everything's been pretty good since then. Yeah, I think that was I think what we got last season was a was kind of like their cold open, you know. Or, kind of. you know they're they're slow opened kind of like here's here's the people you're gonna meet here's the show this is the kind of doctor you're getting we're working on this thing over here we'll get back here at the end in a second it's like okay now we're ready <laughs> oh, we maybe and, i mean but having you know, said that i didn't i didn't feel that at the time i felt like it was great no. at the time i really enjoyed oh, yeah. season well, or series it was good stuff but, but I, 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 as well yeah yeah we got but we in got comparison the, the, yeah, we got the mm. timeless child, but that was about it. And now I'm kind of, I almost tempted to go back to the beginning of last season and go, are we missing other things that, that, because all the dry. stuff that they had hidden in this episode, I'm like, are we, are we, because I mean, this is Chris Chibnall who constructed Broadchurch, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's, you know, He's kind of creating us a, a bit of a mystery ourselves here on Doctor Who, and it's, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, I think so, we ought to uh, wrap up at that point, Ian, if that's yeah, because okay. we're going to start chasing our own tails in a minute here. <laughs> well, we're, we're hopefully we'll be back uh, for episode uh, three six one next Sunday, Sunday February eighth, two p.m. Eastern, for Doctor Who. And it's called Praxis, is that how that's pronounced? I think so. Praxis. Something to do with birds, I think. Mm. Or the Klingon moon. I don't know. One of the two. Yeah. That's it's all I can think of in practice. Is there a Roman centurion called Praxis? I mean, I don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I've not, got no idea. So the, yeah, the Klingon, Klingon moon was Praxis. All I can think of is George Takei. My God. God. Um, and him <laughs> dropping a, a lovely cup of tea you know oh, yeah okay yeah. <laughs> uh captain sulu to starfleet uh praxis has yeah. been destroyed oh yeah. my <laughs> well, good one
let's finish on a high, Ian. Let's finish on a high. Let's go out. Oh, I already am. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sorry. It's medicine, I tell you. Medicine. Uh, yes. So, uh, as they said, yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, with any luck. Uh, depends on what the birds do to us. And if there's another Time Lord uh, waiting for us in this week's episode of Doctor Who, who knows? They could be everywhere. Um, I mean, we've, this is two in one season. We've got the Master. I know we've met him before, but we've met the Doctor before. But it is... <laughs> the Gallifrey's dead, but they're all out there. Dave's probably one. Well, they're all homeless. Like... Gallifrey's dead. They're homeless. They've got to be a wandering about. You could be somewhere. <laughs> The card saved them. <laughs> Sorry, it's a crossover for you. Get get the hook, someone. Get him off stage. All right, get, the, get him off stage. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you, Darth, for joining us. It's always a pleasure to have your input on the show. And Indeed. thanks to all the guests who stopped on in here, um, and including uh, Doctor Gonzo, who is no longer with us on the telephone. Um, but thanks for stopping by earlier. So. Uh, until next time, it's goodbye from Mr. DVC. And it's goodbye from Ian. The uh, Yes, it's goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor. I'm going to be... Don't say anything, David. No. no. Goodbye, everybody. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.